Part of the pain and the beauty of life is that we will experience inevitable times of crisis. We just can't avoid the unavoidable, but we can harness the power of our spiritual practice to navigate our way through personal and collective crisis with grace and with ease. In this episode of the Karmic Warrior podcast, I have a conversation with my very dear friend, renowned trauma healing expert and creator of the grace process, Dr. Lori Layden. Dr. Lori Layden has worked worldwide to help communities in crisis, from working with the genocide survivors in Rwanda to the survivors of school shootings in Sandy Hook, New England, and Parkland, Florida, to working with the Aboriginal communities of Australia to heal transgenerational trauma. In our conversation, we look at crisis from a spiritual perspective and discuss the different ways that we can find our way through personal as well as collective crisis while staying centered in our spiritual practice. Hey there, yogis and karmic warriors. Welcome to the Karmic Warrior Podcast, where we talk about living an extraordinary life by practicing time-proven and tested teachings of yoga wisdom traditions. I am your host, Lisa Ingalls Witter, and the goal of this podcast is super simple. It's just to make it easier than ever before for anyone to find happiness and fulfillment in their everyday life by using wisdom teachings that have already been handed down to us for millennia. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast here on YouTube and anywhere that you can find podcasts and leave a rating on iTunes if you enjoy the podcast. Now, perhaps the biggest challenge that my clients come to me with is that they find themselves stuck repeating the same lessons over and over again in life. They're frustrated, they're at a loss because most of them have already done years of the work, whether that's therapy or coaching or spiritual practices, but they're still struggling with the same unhealthy relationships or they feel like they should be further along in life than they are personally or professionally or spiritually. Now, if you can relate to any of this, then I invite you to head over to www.karmic-warrior.com to grab my free report on why you keep getting handed that one lesson in life even if you've spent years doing the work. In this free report, I will reveal to you the secret about harnessing the law of karma to finally break free of that one lesson so that you can live a freer, fuller life right now. I put the link in the description below. And now my conversation with Dr. Lori Layden. Lori Layden, welcome to the Karmic Warrior Podcast. It's good to have you here, my dear friend. Thank you, Lisa. Happy Miracle Monday. Happy Miracle Monday. Yes, we're recording this on a Monday. And um, it's fun to be here with you on the podcast. It's a little bit different than, you know, usually we're just, we just, you know, for all of you viewers and listeners, Lori and I have been, uh, developed quite a friendship over the last couple years, I guess, since COVID happened. And um, we've been meeting every week, like once a week. So it's sort of like we're doing this podcast and all the viewers and listeners are going to get to sit in on what we do, like listening to our conversation. 
<laughs> that we have every week. <laughs> sort of like that, you know? But one thing that I love about you, Lori, and I think why we connect so well is this overlap of your work with the grace process and my work with the karma clearing. And, um, you know, both of us fundamentally are teaching the same thing, which is all crisis and all spiritual crisis, whatever type of crisis you want to talk about, is a result of functionally not knowing the truth of who we are. And and that's your term and my term is simply remembering our divinity, but it's the same. Yeah. It's the same thing. Right. At our divinity, when we forget who we are, that's when the crisis unrolls. Yeah. And so then we put this this into the context of what's happening in today's world. Now, if we were sitting here two years ago, right, uh, it was the beginning of a different crisis. It was the global pandemic. And now here we are two years later, we're coming out of the, the pandemic and it seems like life is going back to normal and boom, you know, the world is hit with this other crisis of, you know, the war in Ukraine. But, you know, two years from now, it'll be a different crisis or a year from now, it'll be another crisis. So crisis is always showing up in our lives. And I thought that this that would sort of be a good entry point for our conversation today. Yeah, for sure. And it doesn't mean that any of these crises aren't uh, greater than or less than any other crises. Um, but we always want to be prepared for how do we handle the uncertainty um, and uh, what what is ours to do in the crisis. And I think you and I would agree that it's always about working on ourselves first, doing the inner work so that we feel a sense of inner safety when all of these crises are emerging. And something we discussed uh, in our Graceville Living Program and Karma and Grace Workshop is that we can get on our spiritual path in one of two ways. One is through the crises, suffer and struggle path, and another is through gratitude, love, joy, and wonder. And um, that we remember our divinity and then figure out what that inner safety is for, for us becoming response able to these crises that are occurring. And also you've talked about how we delineate between what is the personal crisis and what is the global crisis. Uh, when COVID happened, in a sense, just that question, just that statement you just made, made me realize that when COVID occurred, um, it, we began to realize that we truly are global citizens, that we truly, that anything that happens in one part of the world affects the other part of the world. What an amazing foundation for this, this unfortunate, this violence that is going on, but maybe it puts us in a better stead to appreciate what's going on with these uh, these citizens, both in Russia and the Ukraine and in Poland and all the surrounding company, countries because of what we just came through. Does that make any sense? Yeah, yeah, it totally makes sense. And as you were talking, I was also, you know, thinking 
there's this whole, um, you know, the, the inner crisis or, or the personal crisis within our own lives that we all have to endure and go through. And then we have the inevitably there's going to be things in our outer world that are our crisis. And I think that the path becomes whatever is going to help us to maintain a, a ground, a state of equanimity, despite whatever crisis is thrown at us um, in our lives. And it's really hard. And you mentioned something that's so important. We talk about it all the time, which is the that we need to feel safe, right? Like what is it first and foremost that's going to help us to feel safe so that we can take action um, from that place and not from a place of um, reaction, <laughs> from a place of our unhealed wounds and traumas, which is is so often the case. And it makes me think of, um, you know, being in a state, what I love about what you do, Lori, is, is you've really um, codified your work into what you call the five stages. So you're in this stage and what we see right now when we're in a place of crisis. So just so that, you know, Lori has these five stages that the grace process she uses the grace process through. And the first stage is um, separation and um, that is really where, uh, you know, when crisis hits, we go into separation. We go into the, the, the thought, the idea, the feeling that we are separate from everything else. And this is about the furthest, furthest from the truth. Both of us will say, you, and again, in your words, it's, you know, divinity. We, we forget our divine nature. In my words, it's uh, we forget the truth of who we really are. And so here we are, like we're in crisis right now. We, uh, and crisis puts us into that state of, of separation or and stage, <laughs> a state and a stage of separation. That separation uh, results in the experience of power loss yes. and powerlessness but one thing I thought would be interesting to discuss with you on this is this idea of power loss and power, because clearly um, in this particular situation, we're talking about war, but you could look at any war, any discrepancies of power, right? And that people might say, I think most people on the spiritual path clearly see that um, you know, leaders of certain leaders of a nation are actually not powerful. They're acting from a place of powerlessness. There's an abuse of power happening. And um, I just wonder if you have any thoughts or anything around, around that, around this, around power and powerlessness mm -hmm. in the crisis. Yes, uh, because, you know, not to get too etherical with people, um, because some of it sounds like, oh, just kind of metaphysical mumbo jumbo, if you will. But when COVID happened and we went into a worldwide lockdown, every single person on the planet experienced power loss. And 
when we experience power loss, we're triggering all of our core issues. I'm not lovable. I'm alone. There, I'm trapped. There's no help for me. Uh, and just imagine we do that in our personal selves. Well, of course, our partners experience that power loss. Our children experience that. Our communities and our leaders who are now embattled in trying to negotiate the peace. And uh, as COVID made us all feel powerless, now we are seeing these images of horrific violence that are also making us feel powerless, but we always have to maintain what is happening in me personally. Where am I personally? And not give up our power to um, despair and hopelessness outside of ourselves. It doesn't mean that it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean that we, we can't, we have to be compassionate. But when we mix our own power loss with what we're being faced in the world, wow, there's a lot of confusion around what do I do? Where do I go? What is mine to do? Um, and as you know, <laughs> I had to talk some sense into myself last week uh, because I was about ready to get on a plane to the to Poland um, to to take care of my people on the ground until I had to really sit in my knowledge and experience about what is happening at this stage that it was more important for me to sit with my own gifts and talents, my own struggles uh, with what is happening. And uh, there may be time down the road for me to respond, but not to respond from crisis, uh, but to respond from what is my inner safety? What is it that I truly can provide uh, right here, right now in this moment? Does that make sense? Yeah, it it's it really it makes sense, and it's what you're talking about is. Um, I mean, a, a couple of things come up for me. One is um, that when we're in our true power, we're connected to our divinity, right? We yes. know the truth of who we are, and then we can listen. We can listen for what the right action is for us to do in this moment especially in these moments of crisis, when we can get destabilized, not feel safe, and then make decisions that are based on pure emotion versus that connection with divinity versus the connection with that deepest inner wisdom that we that we have. So you're, what you just spoke to is a beautiful example of Exactly that, just getting quiet for a moment, going within and sitting with, okay, well, what is mine to do? And the way that I like to phrase it um, is, what does the divine want to do in me, through me, as me today? But that's really, you're talking about something that's quite advanced. For you, it's and, and maybe for me and maybe for other people, you know, get it. Okay. Yes, that's easy. But it's, it took a lot of years of personal practice to get to the point of being able to do that. Right. Yes. Yes. And the beginning point. Uh, well, again, it's that when our pain, either our pain breaks our hearts open 
to wanting to heal ourselves or when our grace-filled experiences, when we experience a miracle, when we experience a sense of transcendency and want to have more of that and go down the path of searching for what are the practices and what are the philosophies and the theories that make sense to me that will move me from my sense of separation and being trapped and alone uh, into what I call a place of stirring where we start to uh, read the books and what and listen to the podcasts and uh, listen to different teachers telling us uh, about our spiritual practices. And then we begin our spiritual practice. Maybe we start with a meditation practice. Maybe we start with um, uh, um, uh, yoga or uh, and or combine all of these things with journaling and um, getting uh, help for healing our traumas. But we tend to stay in that space too long. And a situation like we're experiencing right now globally can keep us in that stirring slash spinning mode. And again, to make that connection between, it's not that what's out here doesn't matter, but if it takes me off course, if it stops me from my spiritual practices, from embodying my spiritual practices, then I'm not really embodying them because the more of us that can maintain that sense of inner safety and make reasonable actions, the more possible it is for us to have peace in the world. And I, our, our, you know, our time together is short, and I know that might sound like an easy answer, but for every person who said, yes, I'm going to be double down on my spiritual practices, I'm going to embody that, and nobody's doing anything ex except watching the news. Now, that's that's not a good statement, but uh, yes, they're figuring out what they can do, and, and many people are mobilizing, but it's that careful, sweet spot in the middle of that infinity circuit. What is mine to do right now? If I'm in the middle of my own personal crises, um, do I abandon that crisis and paralysis by watching the news, or do I keep working on myself? first. Yeah, I think that it, from my view, it always comes back to um, doing our own work first, mm -hmm. because doing our own work, it really does make a massive difference. So if, you know, I was watching, um, a, I guess it was a couple weeks ago, 60 Minutes, and it was clear, like, People who are in Ukraine and Poland, they they have actions. There are the 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 people in Poland who are volunteering and helping. Like they know what they need to do. But then maybe us over here sitting in the United States or some other part of the world might be going, yeah, but we're not over there. What can we do here? Well, it all is as much as it seems like it won't have any effect to to work on yourself and heal your own traumas, your own inner wounds, your own undigested emotional experiences is going to make you more capable of handling these types of crisis. And, and it, it is this thing of really recognizing this is what, you know, in Buddhism, interdependence, when we think that we're separate 
from others and situations, then we think I can't do anything and what I do doesn't matter. When we realize that we're interdependent, like we can't exist without each other on, on any scale, then you, you realize that your actions have an impact, a long lasting impact, a ripple effect throughout time and space. Yes. And yes. you can, can move from that place. You know, um, I've learned this lesson in so many different um, traumatized communities that I've worked in, um, in Rwanda after the genocide and Newtown, Sandy Hook Elementary School shooting in Parkland in Australia and in refugee and Aboriginal communities who continue to experience trauma. Um, if I hadn't done the inner safety work, if I hadn't done the work of, can I sit in front of someone who has this kind of pain and suffering? Have I resolved enough of my own pain and suffering that this person is not going to trigger me uh, so that I become part of the problem versus part of the solution? And most importantly, I have found that my ability to feel that sense of inner safety and inner peace allows me to have a certain amount of compassionate lightheartedness I'm not, that I'm not afraid of uh, when talking uh, with traumatized people, when being in communities like this. It is that lightness of heart in deep compassion um, that allows people to influence others in ways that we'll never know. You, you will never know all of the people that you inspired, Lisa, in your work. We, we generally don't hear the good stuff we, we hear when there's an issue, but that's why it's so important for us to maintain as much a sense of inner peace and inner safety as possible so that we are fully present to ourselves. And that's where we're going to get the answers about what is ours to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I love that, you know, part of your process and the grace process that is so critical to this, <clears throat> to all of this is the, is the forgiveness work and the work around um, seeing where our judgments lie and, and forgiving. And you have in your particular process, which I think is, is so important, <clears throat> that, you know, most people think, oh, I have to forgive other people. It's about forgiving other people. But in your process, you also include forgiving yourself and forgiving the divine and forgiving circumstances. I would love for you to just speak a little bit into let's keep it in the context of crisis and forgiving the divine, because I think that this is like, this is such a unique part of the grace process. And um, yeah, if you could speak a little bit to that. Well, um, as you know, I believe that we enter the world with um, two essential traumas. One is the separation from the divine. And then the other is finding our way back to our divinity in human form, and then finding our unique expression of the divine in our life. And I believe that uh, the seeds of our destiny unfold uh, as we heal our traumas. And in this particular case, whatever we had as a basis of um, response to what's happening in the world, the sense of 
feeling alone or trapped or whatever it is. If I haven't done the inner work and forgiven myself, not for the events that occurred to me that I had no control over, but the stories that I may have made up about what happened to me that continued my suffer and struggle, that continued my pain. So I say there's the story of what happened to me and then there's the story about the story. And that's what we need to heal right now. And that's where forgiveness comes in. And forgiveness of the divine, whenever I do this in workshops, it's basically nobody gets there first because like there's this taboo about even thinking that there's anything to uh, forgive the divine for, but it's our perception. How could the divine let this happen? Well, that is a limiting belief that comes from this sense that we don't have choice, that humans don't have free will. But that's our limiting belief based on religious traumas, uh, spiritual teaching traumas. And we have to get really clear that, well, I'm suggesting from my point of view, if it's happening, we need to be present to it. And if we are looking outside of our ourselves and, and projecting onto others the reason for our suffering, then there's something that needs to be forgiven there. And it's a great opportunity to really understand what is my relationship with the divine? When I really get quiet in my pain, how is it that I really am thinking about the divine? When I'm asking, why is this happening? Am I judging the divine? You know, like that's the that's the battlefield that we need to negotiate and transverse so that we can come back to the truth of who we really are. It's a really it's very profound in looking at the nature of our relationship to the divine, because it's not something that I think is done very often. But what I say in my work is that wherever you have a disrupted relationship with others in relationships with others, you have a disrupted relationship with yourself, but that is a symptom of a disrupted relationship with the divine. So it always comes back to the divine. Any disruption in relationships that you have is a symptom of a disruption of the relationship that you have with the divine. And I think that um, that work in investigating what are the stories that I tell myself about the divine? What, what do I think the divine should be? And this is something that you and I talked about, um, last week. And I was talking to you about how in the non-dual, um, Tantra yoga, there is this, um, this teaching that the divine expresses itself um, the one divine expresses itself in three different ways. One is what most of us think of the divine is like all the beauty and, you know, all the good things. Well, that's one expression of the divine. And then you have sort of this worldly expression of the divine that's a mixture of, you know, the good and the evil, if we want to use those words. And then then in these teachings, there's also the expression of the divine, which is all of the horrors and awful things and crisis that we experience in the world. And it is our, um, um, it is our, uh, not job, but I guess our 
the invitation is for us to see the divine and have the same relationship with the divine as we do when the divine is in the beautiful as when the divine is being expressed in all of the ugly. Uh, you know, I, I think of here in the Bay Area where I live and there's so much, um, so many encampments, homeless encampments, and you can walk by those homeless encampments and, and think, oh, this is disgusting and this is horrible and be totally averse. And or you can see the divinity in it, you know, now that takes a bit of practice. So the work that you're talking about with you know, the forgiveness of the divine and, and this work and changing our relationship to the divine is deep, deep work. And, you know, we, we kind of want it both ways. We, we want to give gratitude when something, when we think something good happens, uh, we want to give gratitude to the divine. Um, but then we also want to judge the divine like, Oh, Oh, that's not my responsibility. It must be the divine, you know, when, when something bad happens or something we judge to be bad. And it's about that presence, being able to be fully present without judgment to all that is in the moment. And that's where we find the beauty that can come out of tragedy. That's where we can find the stillness that we cannot possibly know. What is at play here? Um, and it's about us being willing to find, being uh, present in the uncertainty. I would say that one of the biggest issues that, that really triggers people's sense of separation is that sense of uncertainty. And the bottom line is <laughs> there is no, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's, there, there's no promise of certainty in this life of being human. Uh, yeah, no, no promise at all. And it's the one thing, uh, again, we go back to, to spiritual practice. Uncertainty, uncertainty is the one thing we can be certain about. It's yes. that whole thing of change, right? That, that, that change is inevitable, that, that death is inevitable. All of these things are inevitable because they're all, um, they're all transient. Everything is transient. It doesn't exist forever, except the essence of who you really are. Mm -hmm. And so when we, I'm sort of going off on another piece here, but in, in the yoga teachings, it's like when you realize that you are not um, the stories that you tell yourself about who you think you are. And by the way, he, she, they are not who he, she, they, the stories that you tell yourself that he, she, they are. Um, and likewise, you're not this body. You're not this, these thoughts and these emotions and being body, mind identified and all of these things identified with all of these things that will certainly create uncertainty <laughs> in your life is what will cause you to destabilize, especially in times of crisis. And this is what in, in, um, in yoga tradition and Eastern spiritual tradition is, you know, why we want to recognize the true nature of reality as being transient. Yeah. And, you know, I think 
we need to also look inside ourselves uh, when we see war and violence or things that we abhor happening outside of our own small world. Um, what are the judgments we project to seemingly protect ourselves from the pain of understanding, the pain and suffering of other people? And so like with certain law of attraction uh, teachings and philosophy, it's really easy, or even string theory, it's really easy to say, well, those people are creating their own reality over there. So it has nothing to do with me. So I, I, that, that somehow I put a wall up to that. Now the opposite can be true too, is which I over identify with what's happening with other people, but it's so important that we don't use any of these religious and spiritual and self-help, self-care, uh, approaches that are not deep enough to really express what's possible. Um, I know that sounds nebulous <laughs> once again, uh, where, where we always get into kind of deep places. But if anyone right now is basically trying to turn off from what's happening because they don't, uh, they don't feel that they are that person, um, that's an issue that's of judgment. And then the other, as I mentioned, is that overprojection, the fear that, oh my God, that could be me with my children. Now that's legitimate compassion, but be careful that it doesn't take us out, that it doesn't uh, prevent us from continuing on finding that inner safety and that inner peace and embodying our practices right here, right now, because in our own communities, we may not be in that in that area, but the best thing we can do to influence others is have that place of calm and caring that other people can step into to lose their fear. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I mean, we come back now, we're sort of rounding back around to where we started, which is this container of safety. When we ourselves feel safe, we can hold the space, be present enough for others to feel safe in order to do their healing work. And you don't have to be a therapist or a counselor or a coach or, or anything to do this. All you need is to have done your own work and, and where you have cultivated that sense of safety within yourself so that when these times of crisis comes, you feel safe, but you can hold the space for others mm -hmm. to feel safe and to heal. And there's all kinds of research and theory and uh, some of our people that we're connected to that explain the quantum physics of all of this. So we don't have time in this podcast to describe all that, but we're not just talking about uh, kind of, airy fairy things we're talking about. We are physically making a contribution every time we feel that inner safety and inner peace. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. Lori, as always, we always have, have great discussions. <laughs> we go deep really fast and cover a lot of ground. Um, and I want to uh, give you a moment just to let people know how they can get in touch with you. If you're if you're watching on YouTube, you see the links up on the screen. But I'm going to give Lori the the uh, platform here to just let us know how we can get in touch with you. Sure. Uh, well, I have two websites, uh, LoriLayden.com and CreateGlobalHealing.org. 
uh, with createglobalhealing.org. We're currently supporting uh, and mentoring people on the ground uh, in Poland, and uh, we'll continue as the time as as the uh, as the time is right. We will continue a, a bigger effort there, um, as well as in the other communities that we've served. And and if you're interested in the stages that we alluded to and the Grace Process work, um, please visit laurieladen.com. Yes, and I'm going to do a little plug for Lori. She has an amazing mentorship program. She has a, an amazing program called the Gracefield Living Immersion. She has um, the Gracefield Mentorship, where she works very closely um, with people over the course of quite a long period of time. And her work is just fabulous. I'm a huge supporter of Lori and all the good work that she's done in the world. So thank you so much, Lori Layden, for being on the show with me. Well, I'm just so grateful that we have a chance to play like this and play seriously and lightheartedly. Uh, and every time we do something together, it's always, I, I always learn something and I always come away feeling excited and inspired. So thank you. Oh, thanks. Well, I feel the same. So thank you. And thank you to all the listeners and viewers. Until next time, namaste.